This morning we're going to look at John chapter 20 verses 11 through to 18. John 20 verse 11 through to 18. Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene. In our last visit to John chapter 20, Mary Magdalene said to the apostles Peter and John, they, that is the Jews, have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre and we, we being her and the other women who were with her, know not where they have laid him. Consequently, the two men ran to the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. John got there first and he waited outside. However, when Peter arrived, he ran straight inside and he saw the grave clothes, but no Jesus. The two men returned to their own home with Peter wondering what had happened, but John believed. John's belief was not based on an, Old Test- uh, on an understanding of the Old Testament scriptures that give details of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, Neither had he understood when Jesus plainly told him and the other apostles that he would rise on the third day. He believed because of what he saw in the tomb. He followed Peter into the tomb, he saw and he believed. Thus far it was nothing more than a seeing is believing type of faith that John had. As for Mary Magdalene, She stood outside the tomb, weeping, when the apostles went home. Coming now to today's passage, we see that it is written in verse 11 through to 13, But Mary stood without at the sepulchre, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre. And see if two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. Mary looked into the tomb, she saw two angels, and when they asked her why she was weeping, she said, Because they have taken away the Lord, my Lord and I know not where they have laid him. Therefore Mary had not advanced beyond what she said in verse 2. She still thought that Jesus was dead, and she still thought that someone had taken Jesus away, the, the, the body of Jesus away. No wonder she was weeping, and her tears were most certainly not tears of joy, at least not then. If Mary was correct with what she thought had happened, that the body of Jesus had been taken away, then she would have had every reason to weep, and so would everyone who has ever trusted in Jesus have every reason to weep tears of sadness and deep sorrow if they truly believed that Jesus had been taken away, his dead body had been removed. And if the body of Jesus had still been lying in the tomb, that too would have been a very good reason for Mary to stand there weeping if she'd looked in the tomb and she saw a dead Jesus. 
However, the very fact that the tomb was empty ought to have filled her with joy. Had she understood the scriptures about the resurrection of Jesus, but she was another one who hadn't understood. Nevertheless, very soon, something most unexpected would happen that would turn Mary's tears of sorrow into tears of pure joy. Let's have a look at verses 14 through to 15. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back. This is after the uh, angels appeared to her. When she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. It would seem that the two angels had been hidden from Peter and John, but according to the purpose of God, they showed themselves to Mary. If you saw just one angel under those circumstances, how do you think you would react? I suspect that you and I would be scared out of our wits if we saw those angels and we would be unable to move ourselves. I say that because that is precisely what has happened to those big tough soldiers who had been assigned to guard the tomb. As it is written in Matthew chapter 28 verses 2 through to 4 And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. That's probably how we would have all reacted had we seen the angels then. But Mary just turned away. Her reaction was very, very different to the soldiers. According to verse 14, she turned herself back. In other words, she turned around. She was too overcome with grief and with sorrow about what she imagined to be the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, his body had been taken away to be bothered or to be frightened by those angels. When Mary turned round, she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was him. She thought she'd seen the gardener. As to why Mary did not recognise him, well, we can look at that. She didn't recognise it was Jesus. She thought it was a gardener. There's a bit of a clue there in verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene, when it was yet dark. So, it was yet dark. That would be a fairly good reason why she didn't recognise that it was Jesus. And then you could say, well, she was weeping. She had tears in her eyes. Maybe that uh, didn't help much either. But I think there's more to it than that. I think there's more to it just being dark and the tears in her eyes. More to the point, the Son of God initially prevented her from recognising him. Jesus was able to do that. He did that to others he met, such as the two disciples who were on their way to Emmaus. 
They were on the road to Emmaus. Their eyes were kept from recognising Jesus when he walked with them and he talked with them until finally their eyes were opened and they recognised that they were walking and talking with Jesus. On the subject of seeing Jesus, perhaps you can see what happened outside the tomb with Mary seeing Jesus as having a purpose. Why, why is it recorded in the scriptures for us? What's the big deal? Why do we need to know about uh, Jesus showing himself to Mary outside the tomb? Well, for one thing, for all of Mary's love for her Lord, the love of God was infinitely greater for her. And the way that the incarnate Son of God showed himself to her outside the room, outside the tomb, was a demonstration of his great love for her at a time when she was so sorrowful. And then for her to see Jesus there, how wonderful that would have been. And that's a clear uh, demonstration of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ for Mary. But also the event that we're now considering, Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene outside the tomb, is all part of that weight of irrefutable evidence in the Bible that tells us very clearly that Jesus, having paid the price for sin with his lifeblood, really did rise from the dead on the third day. So much evidence of that in, in the Bible. And this is just part of that weight of evidence. Jesus appearing to Mary outside the tomb. There are people today, 2,000 years on from the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, who claim to have seen him. I don't know if you've met anyone who's claimed to have seen Jesus. Maybe there's someone in here who um, claims to have seen the Lord Jesus Christ. I've spoken to one such person and she was adamant that once there was a time when she died temporarily, she gave me all the details of how she'd been mugged and left for dead and so on. And during that brief period of time, she saw Jesus. She was most adamant about it. But you know what is eternally far more beneficial to you than something like that happening? It is that God graciously reveals his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, not so much to you. It's not having a sighting of Jesus like Mary Magdalene had, as wonderful as that was. Far more important is that the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed in you. Not to you, but in you. For example, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, the Apostle Paul said, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is what was uh, shone in their hearts, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
in their hearts. And in Galatians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16, Paul wrote about God revealing his son in him when he said, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Again, it's about revealing Jesus in you, not to you, but in you. Therefore, when Paul spoke about the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, shining in hearts, he was speaking from personal experience. And that is the experience of all true believers. It's not about Jesus revealing himself externally, bodily to you, as he did to Mary outside the tomb, as wonderful as that was. That was a special occasion. Neither is it about having an out-of-body experience where you claim to have seen Jesus. It's about having the eyes of your understanding enlightened by God. It's about God revealing his Son in you. It's about having the Lord Jesus Christ dwell in your heart by faith. It's about knowing that like a fortress, God surrounds you with his love and his loving kindness and his tender mercies, even when you can't see him. And actually, Jesus could not be more real to you, even if you could see him. Jesus would not be any more real to you if he walked into this building now, if you belong to him. Fanny Crosby knew something about all of that. She was a physically blind hymn writer, but that didn't stop her from writing, safe in the arms of Jesus, safe on, safe on his gentle breast, there by his love or, shady, or, or shaded, sweetly my soul shall rest. That ought to be the testimony of all true believers in Jesus. Let's have a look at verse 16. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Mary had turned away from the Lord Jesus Christ, having thought that he was the gardener. But then in verse 16, Jesus no longer disguised his voice or his appearance. We can only try to imagine what it must have been like for Mary, that grief-stricken woman, to hear the familiar voice of her Saviour saying, Mary, and for her to turn round and see that it was the Lord. We weren't there, but if we're Christians, we can at least begin to understand it, surely. It must have been such a lovely experience for her to see Jesus and to hear his voice. And here's me, if you're with me so far, what I'm telling you is that while we're in the world, we really don't need to be seeing Jesus. He needs to be revealed in us, each one of us here. But the day will come when you will see him as he is. You will see his lovely face. You will behold his glory. And you will hear him speaking to you. For now, we praise God, we thank God that uh, he speaks to us in our Bibles. 
But things are wonderful for Christians. And they just seem to get better. I'll be honest. I've seen videos of soldiers when I've been procrastinating, wasting my time. I've seen videos, video clips of soldiers on YouTube. They've been on active service. They come home. They've sneaked up on their children in school or wherever. The response of the children has brought tears to my eyes. It's so lovely to see those children uh, with their dads sneaking up on them. Their dads who have been away on active service in wherever it may be, Syria, Iraq, whatever. But what we see here in verse 16 is on an infinitely higher level. It's on a heavenly level. With Jesus suddenly appearing to Mary. Let's have a look at verse 17. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Possibly the first time that Jesus gave anyone any work to do in his service after his resurrection was here in verse 17 when, Mary, when he said to Mary, go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. That speaks volumes about the love of Jesus for his redeemed and his concern for them. His disciples were Disciples were miserable, they were dejected because of his death. We see that uh, when Jesus announced to them that he would soon be leaving them in, in John chapter 14, how miserable they were then. It's understandable, isn't it? Therefore, finding out that Jesus had risen from the dead, finding out for Mary, you would have thought would have been of, the, of paramount importance to them as it had been to Mary. We won't come to it now, but um, as it turns out, there was still that unbelief. But anyway, Jesus, his concern was for Mary to go to the disciples and to tell them that he was, that he is risen. Jesus did not tell Mary to go to those faithless disciples who had fled in all directions when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane or that cowardly Peter who had denied him no less than three times. Rather, Jesus called them his brethren. That speaks volumes about the love of God and his forgiveness, that he should call them brethren. What love what forgiveness. It just goes to show that God's love is unconditional. It is not dependent upon anything meritorious in us. And we can thank God for that. That his love for us isn't because we deserve it. Because we don't. We don't deserve any love or anything good from God. It's an unconditional love that God has for us. The hymn writer rightly describes us as guilty, vile and helpless. That's what we are. It might well be asked, 
why didn't the Lord Jesus Christ say to Mary, I am ascending to our Father and our God, instead of saying, to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Why didn't he just say, our Father and our God? In verse 17, Jesus was saying that there are differences between his relationship with God the Father and the Christian's relationship with God the Father. There are differences. He was making that distinction there in verse 17. For one thing, Jesus is not a created being like us. In fact, by him were all things made and without him was not anything made that has been made. You see that in John chapter 1 and verse 3. All things were made by Jesus, the creator. Also, Jesus is the eternal son of God. In other words, always has been the son of God, always will be the son of God. Whereas he gives all who receive him as their saviour from sin and who believe on his name, the power and the right and the privilege to become sons of God. When you trust in Jesus, the eternal Son of God, Jesus Christ, he gives you that privilege, that right, that power to become a son of God. Jesus gives you that privilege. When we address God as God, we do so as his creatures. Whereas his beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, does so as the heavenly prophet, priest and king. Let me finish by asking some questions. Not by asking if the Lord Jesus Christ has appeared to you as he did to Mary Magdalene, but by asking if God has revealed his Son in you. Are you someone who has the truth of the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ as it is plainly recorded in the scriptures written into your heart, written into your minds. What you see in the Bible there, is it written into your heart and your mind? Or are you still someone who says, unless I see him, I won't believe? There are people like that. They think they're clever, don't they? You hear people saying things like that. It's given to us in the scriptures. The death, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. His appearance to Mary Magdalene outside the tomb. It's there for you, for me, to read and to be believed in the scriptures. Has Jesus ascended to his Father and your Father, to his God and to your God, having lived the perfect life that you most certainly have not, and having carried away your sins at the cross? Amen.